I am Carrie. And I'm Diana. And you're listening to Fiction Kitchen, where we're cooking with inspiration from our favorite books, movies, and TV. Today we are talking about Howl's Moving Castle, the novel by Diana Wynne Jones, and the film by Studio Ghibli. So it's been a pretty rough week <laughs> for for me and for a lot of us. So I was looking for, I mean, not to get too political, but like this was a rough, rough election. Um, and um, I was looking forward to reading this because I was like, oh, it's like a, you know, a fantasy book and, um, and watching the movie. Um, but it wasn't quite the escapism I hoped it'd be because there's like a lot of um, like political ideas in the movie and some like a lot of like gendered undertones in the book. Um, but still some, like, really cool, interesting ideas, um, and this is my first time watching and reading it, and I know you're, like, a big fan, so I'm excited to talk about it with you, because, uh, Diana Wynne Johns is one of your favorite authors. Yeah, she is. She is, like, one of my all-time favorites ever. And I can see why. I'm really enjoying this book. I'm only halfway through it. I was, like, rushing to finish it, but it didn't happen. I did watch the movie, though, so, like, I'm prepared, um... Mm -hmm discuss it um but yeah before we get too into it let's do tasty time where we talk about what's going on in fiction food tasty time so a couple episodes ago we uh talked about some things that we're watching like you mentioned two anime and then i mentioned a couple of korean dramas well so (laughs) today today i was gonna mention another anime (laughs) because it's really wonderful Ooh, <laughs> I'm like, what is it? it makes me I'm like I probably have a red face right now like it makes me smile so much <laughs> <laughs> anyway it's this it's an anime called Yuri on Ice oh I've heard about this yeah yeah <laughs> I, oh my gosh I love it so much and I mean it it just recently started airing I've been watching it on Crunchy on Crunchyroll and Oh my god. <laughs> so cute and like you're just like <laughs> Okay, so it's like boys love. So but but it's one of well like heavy heavy boys love overtones, I guess. I don't but it is technically I guess in the the sports anime genre, so oftentimes those you know seem like they could be boys love but they're not really but this one is, has very strong <laughs> overtones of that yeah. like oh my gosh so it makes me like yeah, oh my gosh. And <laughs> it's so good but anyway so food wise um so katsudon or pork pork cutlet uh bowls are like a big deal in it um because the main character yuri like he lives his family owns like a traditional Japanese um bathhouse or a spa and they also serve food there and um anyway one of his favorite meals is the like this extra large um, pork cutlet bowl that his mom makes and he would get that like if he won a competition or something um so in ice skating and so that's like his favorite food and then um he gets and then this, like, super famous figure skater who he idolizes actually, like, becomes his coach and lives with him, like, like visits him at the his family's uh, hot spring, and which is also their home. And then he loves the port cutlet bowl, 
And so, anyway, so Yuri wants to impress... It sounds lame when I tell you. Like, you just have to watch it. But anyway, so he... His motivation... It's, so it's like when you... What is your theme going to be when you do your um, your ice skating, your figure skating? And he's like, I'm going to... I'm going to be a, become a tasty pork cutlet bowl because <laughs> that's something that he can understand. Like that, like he's trying to figure out what love is and all this kind of thing. And so like that, that's something that he loves, like that's meaningful to him, but also that his new coach also really enjoys. So he's like, I'm going to become, <laughs> and then, but then he, it gets more intense. So he, and then he's like, I, I am a pork gut pork cutlet bowl fatale that enthralls men like that's <laughs> so it becomes well i know it's like it sounds really silly but it's it's so it's very meaningful and it's super cute also um but but yeah it's that the food represents more than you know just like yay this is tasty but um yeah like the the feeling of winning the fact that somebody else likes it too like yeah yeah and also like it's something that's nostalgic to him and and you know anyway but yeah yeah and so it kind of becomes something um sensual also like yeah it's it's interesting and so it's kind of the pork cutlet bowl is like um a symbol for Yuri's progression. It's like a step in his progression to discovering his sexuality and his self-confidence, like who he is and what love is to him. And so, anyway. So wow, that's some heavy that's lifting like, for a poor cutlet bowl. Poor cutlet bowl. Anyway, so, yeah. But I super recommend. Nice. It's like, especially, <laughs> I realize more and more that I'm like a Fujoshi, which is like I like I'm a <laughs> I'm a female who likes boy romances. <laughs> yeah, so, like carry on. <laughs> I know, like just, yeah, like carry on. And then there's a new one that I just read. It was just released called Timekeeper by Tara Sim. That also has I just say boys love. That's like an anime term, but like it, that has male relationship. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, boys love. I mean, yeah. that is what it is. And so. Um, and that's really, and there's gingerbread in that. That's what, and on Instagram, I posted that gingerbread that I made, but like that goes with that book. But so I recommend that. If, so yeah, carry on the episode we did. If you guys love carry on, check out timekeeper by Tara Sim and also Yuri on ice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You're like curating the genre now. <laughs> it's like, super, yeah. And so I've, I've been in such a kick and I'm like, what, what more can I consume? That is like boys love. <laughs> Like, okay. what, what other anime or what other books can I read? I'll keep my so, eye out for you <laughs> for recommendations. Oh, okay. That, so that was really long. But yeah, pork cut levels. Cool. I like it. Yeah. Kind of want one right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I've made, I've made cuts it on many times in the past, but not recently. So I'm like, yeah, I need cool. to make that again and pair it with Yuri. Well, I made that sandwich with chicken for, um. Yeah. Yes, you did. Yeah. For, um, Sailor Moon. Okay. Yeah. So, good stuff. All right. So, mine is not strictly food-related, but something I enjoy very much and has some food in it, um, which is hashtag Folklore Thursday, um, which is a website which has a blog on it, but I think mainly it is um, submissions on Twitter. Um, Every Thursday, whoever wants to can just tweet something with the hashtag Folklore 
Thursday, and, um, you know, a lot of times it's just, like, um, like a fact or a link to something or um, pictures or, like, really cool stuff, um, cool ghost stories and um, rituals and stuff like that. Um, and, and some of them are food-related, and, like, on the blog they have... Um, like an article about um, Halloween folklore and superstitions about like food offerings and um, rituals. A lot of them involving food, like apples and um, like hemp seeds and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's it's not strictly food, but um, just like a really cool thing to follow. And and they have a Twitter account too that you can follow that they retweet everybody's um, stuff. So if you want to read it all in one place, um, but yeah, it's just like a lot of fun like interesting stuff and a lot of it that I didn't know much about you know like we we talk about fairy tales a lot but um there's a lot from like different cultures and um you know different different stuff it's really cool mm-hmm. yeah it's really fun I enjoy watching I mean watching seeing like checking out the hashtag yeah the things people post and yeah and you're right a lot of it is it's often it's has food mm-hmm. like food lore and stuff yeah really exactly cool. so I recommend you check it out um, and just a couple more things. Um, Fandom Foodies this month. Fandom Foodies has a website now at fandomfoodies.com. And, um, again, like each month we're doing like a different theme. This month it is hashtag Zelda month. Um, everybody's cooking Zelda recipes. It's hosted by Level 1 Chef. Um, and then Food and Flicks this month is doing the movie Burnt. Which I have not seen. Have you seen it? <laughs> no. Okay, I'm going to have to watch it. <laughs> so that's what's going on with that. And we didn't mention this last episode, but we are two years old. I know. Yeah. <laughs> kind of forgot. That's like, our our birthday insane. came and went. We forgot our yeah. own birthday, but... <laughs> well, we... <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we decided, yeah, because last year we did a Yeah, well, actually, no, we didn't, yeah, because you said our, it was coming up and, like, maybe we should do a giveaway, which, um, you know, we didn't quite get together, but we may do another one at, at some point, because I know you had some yeah. ideas for that. But, yeah. But one year was kind of the big one. That's right. Yeah, two's yeah. just like, meh, whatever. Um, this is the, the Woody, <laughs> still here, guys. The Woody anniversary <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but we'll do giveaways every once in a while. Like, just random ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I just wanted to mention it, because I'm proud of us. We've been doing this for two years. We've only missed one episode, and it was my fault. <laughs> so, Stop. but we've done pretty good. <laughs> so, all right. So let's do this episode. We're talking about Hal's moving castle. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, and we need to protect our bacon. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I read this book. I guess the early two thousands. Maybe okay. is when I first discovered Dinah and Jones. Um, and then, so, it was, but it was before the movie was a whisper. Yeah, like I think the before. movie was like two thousand five. Yeah, it was. It was made in Japan in like two thousand four. It was like completed, and but then it wasn't. Released oh, okay, it didn't come here until until yeah, two thousand five or two thousand six. Um, yeah, so so that was cool. Like I I read the book and I loved it, and then. And then, you know, a few years later, it's like, oh, it's, it's Studio Ghibli, like, my, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite. Yeah, um, it was like a match made in heaven, right? Company. Yeah, is also doing, is making a movie out of it. And so, and then, I think that's what most people are familiar with, is the the Studio Ghibli film. Yes. Like, I and had then, heard of that, but I didn't, I didn't yeah. know it was from a book. So, um, 
and this mm-hmm. is the first, um, yeah, Diana Wynn Jones book I've read. Um, yeah. And it, so the movie is like adapted from, cause so like, cause, like there are a lot of differences, but yeah. there are a lot of similarities as well. Yeah. So like, yeah. Because they, they go, it goes in a different direction. The movie does. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what we'd say, like based on or like. So it's not, and it's not. And Diana Wynn Jones was like, yeah, it, like it's its own thing. Mm-hmm. Like she, because she loved, um, like before she was approached by Studio Ghibli. Like she already loved Studio Ghibli films, like um, Castle, Lapidary Castle in the Sky. She would watch often. Um, but yeah, but she, but so. She was fine with the film, even though it deviated, but, you know, it was just like, yeah, my book is the, is one thing, and then this movie is its own, you know, is another thing, and they're both great. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not the same, like, they're... <laughs> right, yeah, they're, like, so. separate entities. Yeah, because, like, um, yeah. I, I was just saying, like, I was, like, like trying to get through the book, but didn't, didn't make it. I got halfway through, um, but, yeah, there are, like, a lot of differences just from what I've um, read, and then just reading about them, like, you're right, they did, they're different thematically as well so um so even though like the base story is the same yeah they do kind of go in their own directions and kind of focus on different things but yeah they were they were both um i'm liking the book a lot more than the movie which is weird because like i'm a big ghibli fan but um i only liked the movie so so um, and I don't know why, like, at first I was like, maybe it's just because I'm in a terrible mood this week and I hate everything, <laughs> so I'm like, maybe that's it, but, uh, like, that can't be it because I'm loving the book, so I don't know, it's some, I don't know, it has a different, it has a different feel than the book, like, I love how the book is, is written, like, she, she's got, her voice is that, um, very, like, matter-of-fact, Britishy tongue-in-cheek, like, you know, just (laughs) saying absurd things very dryly. I I love it, you know, like, I love how it's written, whereas the the movie has, like, more of a trippy feel. Like, it feels very Spirited Away to me, which I loved in Spirited Away, but it just kind of felt out of place with this, you know? Uh, I don't know. mm -hmm. Um, And also, like, I, mm, the the plot kind of, I don't know, made me a little upset. I mean, you know, she falls in love with him, of course. Um, but he's been, like, nothing but just, like, unpleasant and irresponsible and, like, a complete pain, so, like, I don't really see the basis for it, so that annoyed me. Um, you know, like, not every story has to be a love story, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think that this kind of just, meh. I mean, there, there's definitely things I liked about it, and I, I, I would say I enjoyed it overall, but I'm loving the book, so, um, you know, that's definitely, Yeah. yeah. I, so it's interesting because the, yeah, the film, so I, I've never seen the film without knowing the book. Yeah. Like, cause I read the book first and so, um, so like I, so, but I can see that like there are gaps and, and things in the film that the book, like if you have, if you've read the book, it kind of fills in. Yeah. And so it makes the movie a more enjoyable experience. And there are like kind it makes of like, things make more sense. Yeah, because there are some kind of like times the story will just take a left turn and you're like, why are they doing this? You know, and, yeah. but, but then like, yeah, it'll explain it in the book. I'm like, oh, okay. So, um, yeah. Yeah, there were a couple. But then there are a couple things in the movie that aren't in the book and, you know, that, but, but I, but I do, feel, I feel like they're good. Like they are separate entities, but then it's they are 
they can be companions as well. To yeah, just, yeah. Like flesh out more of the of the movie, or like with the book, it's kind of you know cool because you have some of the imagery from the movie. So it's kind of neat. Yeah, agreed. Um, one thing I really well, man, I always do this, but yeah, before we get too far into it, maybe we should give a little summary. Um, yeah. So, Howl's Moving Castle, and I'll, I'll give the movie summary because it's less complicated than the book, book <laughs> one, <laughs> and also I watched the whole movie. Um, so, um, it's about a girl named Sophie who, um, um, I like that name very much, it's my cat's name. Um, <laughs> she works, um, she, she's a hatter, and she works at this little hat shop, and um, she briefly meets Hal in town before she is cursed by a jealous witch of the waste who turns her into a 90-year-old woman. So she leaves home, and it's not immediately clear where she's um, headed, but she um, manages to find Hal's moving castle, which is this, like, very cool, like, steampunk-looking contraption type thing that... It's like a Baba Yaga. It's like a mechanical... Yeah, yeah. It's like a a big old house with legs that kind of, like, you know, grinds through the the great waste, which is like the the area outside of the town. Yeah, so she she um, just kind of makes herself at home there. She she ingratiates herself by cleaning his house and and manages to stay there. Um, meanwhile, Hal is kind of this um, very, um, I guess. Well, yeah, he's definitely irresponsible. In fact, like much of his life spent. He spends, like, trying to avoid responsibility. And the other half he spends, like, making women fall in love with him and taking their hearts. And as soon as they fall in love with him, he just, um, you know, he's done with them. His his mission's complete. Um, so he's just a serial chaser, <laughs> I guess. Um, See, that's stepping, over in, you're, that's stepping over into the book. Because in the movie, they don't really say that about him. Oh, whether he, <laughs> he avoids responsibility? That he's like a womanizer and stuff. Oh yes, they do, don't they? That he like no. that he takes women's hearts, and that's the whole reason the witch is mad because he like um, courted her at one time and then abandoned her. Yeah, but that's but it's not as like they don't really. It's not as overt in the movie. I see. I yeah. The way I did this is I started watching the the movie's two hours long, so I started watching it one night and it, and I got an hour into it and I was really tired, so I turned it off and then I read half the book. And then just today, I went back and finished the movie. Well, yeah, so you can so see why they're sense. blending together for me. Well, I know. Yeah. I'm in my, while you're talking, I'm like, wait, what? So what? I, what is the book now? So I'm what definitely gonna have, have trouble. So it's mixed up in my mind too. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the premise of it, you know. And we'll talk a little bit yeah. more about it. Um, I enjoyed the book. One of the things I most enjoyed is that um, Sophie's the oldest of three girls. And, mm-hmm. and she has a sister in the movie, but she's not as important, I guess. Um, but, yeah, yeah, in the book, she's the oldest of three girls. And I, I enjoyed this because it was in the very first sentence that um, because she's the oldest, her fate is, like, basically doomed. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, great, so I'm the oldest. It's very fairy tale. It is very fairy tale-esque. It is very yeah. fairy tale-esque. And I'm the oldest of three girls. And I'm like, crap. <laughs> so, yeah. my fate. Well, it's true, because it's, like, it's always the youngest sister. Like, in all the fairy tales, it's, like, the youngest sister. Yeah, the most beautiful, um, the awesome you know, the time. most carefree yeah. that gets to marry the prince, you know. Whether she's the youngest of three or twelve or however many magical number. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, and, and same in this one. Like, the, the sisters, they're all pretty, but they're more and more beautiful the, um, the younger they get. But I like... <laughs> one of the really cool things is the two younger sisters... Um, 
their their step their their mother slash stepmother like whatever like backstory she she sends them out into the world after their their father dies and she sends them to things she thinks they will enjoy but they decide they would be happier at each other's stations if they switch with a spell <laughs> yeah which I love and um because yeah then when she goes to visit the um the witch that one of the sisters was supposed to be a princessing at she's like she couldn't fool me with my own spell <laughs> so which is pretty great um I enjoyed yeah. that. But yeah, so there's like a lot of little interesting details. Yeah, like I was really enjoying that that type of stuff in the book because there is like a lot of very, um, like magic's just a part of the world, but not everyone is magical, um, mm -hmm. you know, like, but it can be learned and also it can be used if you just come across a magical object, like the, the seven league boots that, um, that Sophie, Sophie <laughs> yeah. uses, yeah, that she can just... <laughs> put on, but she can't figure out how to use them, so she's, like, bouncing back and forth, like, 10, oh, 10 kilometers in each, cow patty, yeah. Yeah, in each direction <laughs> until she can finally stop it, yeah, so, I don't know, it's just, like, a really, like, interesting, quirky world that, that she's built, yeah. which, which, And yeah. Diana Wynne jones is really good at creating, like, a cast of characters mm -hmm. that, like, all intertwine together, especially, like, at the end, like, in, usually in the end of her books, like, things are revealed, and then characters, like, who they are come to light, and so it's it's really interesting, but yeah, she always introduces, like, a lot of characters and unique characters with different personalities, and it, so it makes it pretty fun, like, when they interact, and then, you know, thing, and truths are revealed. Yeah. And like that. Yeah. So it's just a, a kind of a neat little tidbit, um, so it's called Howl's Moving Castle, and apparently that name, the name for the book and the idea came from a school visit that Dinah jones was at. Um, it was just a, a little boy who said, um, he asked, like, will you write a book called The Moving Castle? And she's and she's like, oh, that's a, that's a great that's idea. A, that's a good idea. I sure yeah. will. <laughs> oh, that's and cute. That, I like it. And that was it, yeah. I thought you were going to say his name was um, Howell, because that was Hal's name in... Okay, so that oh, okay, there's really cool. Okay. <laughs> so a big difference from the book and the movie, because, so, you know, when you do a movie, you have to streamline things, and um, in the book, like, like I said, there are a lot of characters, and there's a lot going on in the book, um, so that would have been, like, too crazy to try to put it all in the movie. Yeah. Um, and one of the things is, this is kind of a spoiler, I guess... Yeah, it's a spoiler, um, but... Yeah, spoiler. Uh, so we're in this magical land of Ingery, um, and then the castle is magic, and it, so it can... The door of the castle can open onto different parts of this world, um, so, like, different towns. Um, but there's a certain dial that the door opens uh, into our world, <gasps> yeah. Oh, so into Wales. So I would, okay, yeah. So, <laughs> Cause, so yeah, because it does take place in a fictional place, but yeah, there is some like real wor world stuff in it. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So Howell, like you said, Howell Jenkins. Yeah. So Howell Jenkins, that's Wizard Howell. He is from Wales. Um, and so Howell is actually a very, it's a, I don't know, common, but it, it's a, other people have this name <laughs> in Wales, Howell. Um, but it's a historic name. Uh, like, there was um, a king in late 800s to, like, mid-900s. 
um, named like Howell the Good, and there's a historian who thinks he's really great, and his last name is Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> so Howell and Jenkins, that's where it came from. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's great. I love it. <laughs> also, so that, and then that reminds me, so Suleiman, the wizard Suleiman, and then Ben Sullivan, and Suleiman is like a corruption or alternate of Solomon. Which, like, in the Renaissance times, Solomon was actually, like, King Solomon, like, from um, biblical history, uh, he, in the Renaissance times, he was actually attributed with being a magician or using magic. Oh, okay. And so that kind of, so Suleiman, so, like, that ties in because the wizard Suleiman in the book, you know, so that's where that name came from. One of the things um, is that Sophie's turned into this old woman, which Two things I loved about this. Um, one, you think this would be the worst thing in the world to somebody, but Sophie actually, like, really kind of yeah. makes herself at home in this body, you know? Like, she doesn't have to worry about being pretty. Um, yeah. She can say whatever she wants. They touch on that in the movie, uh, but yeah, they the book do. really does a good job. Yeah, yeah, like, it, it definitely yeah. touched on in the movie, but, like, it's kind of fleshed out a little bit more in the book. Um, like... Yeah, because in the movie, like, her tongue is very sharp, and she's, like, you know, like, especially, like, when she's walking up the steps, and the witch is coming after her, and they're both old women and having a hard time getting up these steps, and she's just, like, just zinging these, you know, zingers, I guess, at her. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny, but she, yeah, she talks about, like, she likes being an old woman because she was such, like, a shy young girl, but she's an old woman, so she doesn't even care what she's saying, and that's, like, basic. Yeah, it's a freedom. Yeah, exactly. That's, like, basically been my goal my whole life, is to become an old woman who can say whatever the hell I want. She gives, she gives zero craps. Exactly. I'm an old woman, what do I have to lose? Exactly, yeah. I'm gonna speak my mind, I'm gonna... Yeah, you know, react how I want to, and, and so yeah, <laughs> so she kind of likes being it, and and it becomes a prop, not a super big problem later, but like Hal tries to break the spell, and his his magic, I guess, won't work because she likes being an old woman. You know, I think like part of the mm-hmm. the way the spell had to break is her to want to break the spell, and you know, she was yeah. kind of, and she that was her whole goal at the beginning of the um of the book and the movie is like to find a way to take the spell off but then she just kind of becomes at home in this body and the other thing i liked about it is um like this this i noticed in the movie um as well as the book but like it's not just about her appearance but she talks a lot about how it feels to be an old woman like she um she has to hobble everywhere, like, even when she tries to walk straight, because she wasn't sure, like, what had happened at first, so, like, when she first became old. And she's, um, always talking about, like, the aches and pain she feels, but in general, like, she's very healthy, you know, so she can, feels mm-hmm. like she can walk a long way, she might be a little achy at the end of it, but she'll be fine, so, you know, and she cleans the whole house, and she's, she's just, like, a tough old lady, you know, so I kind of like the description of it, because it's not just like, oh, I'm just so old and wrinkly, it's also just how it feels to be old. (laughs) Yeah, and I really liked, um, in the, so, like, you can kind of get tidbits of this, or glimpses of this in the, in the book, like, if you kind of think back about it, um, but in the movie, because it's visual, uh, you can see that there are times when so so Sophie's appearance fluctuates like she's been turned into an old woman but yeah. even that even that fluctuates um like the time she seems like she's 
lost a few years, mm-hmm. like she's a younger old woman, or sometimes she turns back into herself, but she is, but it's only for like split seconds, and, and she is totally unaware of it, right? Um, because it has to do with her. Well, like you said, like it, it ends up that she's the one that is keeping the curse on herself, mm-hmm. and so because it, it and it has to do with how she sees herself and um because she's a really you know and, and like you mentioned like she's she's the the eldest sister and so and then the story begins like she's a defeatist she has a defeatist personality she's like well she'll never get to I have mean, a life because I, of you know yeah, how she was like, born and so why so she even, just accepts you know, things yeah, like yeah. that might that she, she so it ends up that she ends up like she ends up yeah, being getting more self confidence and yeah, because like being elderly and you're like yeah, give no craps anymore. So that like helped her to <laughs> like find herself in the end, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I like how in the in the film they kind of portray that, and it's cool because I did at en- night, yeah, I did enjoy that. Though. At, just like fairy tales, like um, the animal curses. Usually, it's dudes that get cursed. Um, like the animal husband or whatever um, archetype, but at night that there was the animal are, wife are in their Arabian human, <laughs> yeah. So like at night they they have their human forms. Oh, okay. Or their um, or I guess like um, in Arthurian legend, Sir Gawain and the Loathly Lady, like she was cursed to be an old woman, and then. Or a loathly lady, they say. Anyway, but, um, but at night, but at night she was her normal self. Oh, okay. Um, and so, like in the film, they show a couple of times at night when she's asleep and she's unaware, obviously that, and then she goes back to her normal appearance. And Hal sees her like that. Um, but mm-hmm. anyway, yeah. The fir- so the first was. time I noticed it is when she was talking to the queen, and she was just like talking kind of um oh wizards was that that's when they, they made wizard suleiman into okay they like blended two characters yeah yeah because yeah, i was reading the description yeah so um in the movie yeah it was the queen and she was talking to her and getting angry about she was you know taking people's powers and stuff and kind of like defending hal but you she didn't say like she loved him but you could hear her love for him coming out but it made her like very youthful because like i guess this is a feeling that she was being confident yeah Yeah, that young people have you know so like uh, um i don't know yeah so that's the first time i noticed it it maybe happened before or maybe that was just like the most um well i think that before that there was a point where she was sleeping in in her little alcove okay I, but I can't remember. Yeah, it might have come after that. I might not even like, even caught it because I didn't know to look for it. But yeah, yeah um, and he just like peeked. Like there's I did because so, I noticed it happening a lot in. after that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, yeah that, that's that... that's kind of a nice a nice touch because um, yeah, like you said, she learned more about herself by kind of freeing her mind a little bit and not being stuck to this fate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. yeah, and so that that character, um, yeah, that was so there's. Solomon or Ben Sullivan or um, Wizard Suleiman in the book, and so he didn't exist in the in the movie. And then Howell's tutor, um, Mrs. Pinstamon, I can't remember her name. She also didn't exist in the movie, but they they kind of combined those two. And then the woman um, that was in the movie, 
who they gave the name of Suleiman. She was the she was the royal the royal wizard, basically. Oh, okay. That's like who, so, who I was queen, calling the queen. The, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but like she was the in the movie they made her like she's the competent the competent one because they showed the king like he kind of came in at one point and was just like ha, ha, wow well, look, yeah and he left. like that was so yeah she's basically running the kingdom right um, but yeah and then in the book it's there like there's a king and he's not a bad guy um and there are there's like a war going on but it's not um it's like a it's like about to start or so that so there's not really that back backdrop of war um Right. In but, the book. Yeah, that but was in one the of the movie. big themes. Because, yeah. Um, yeah uh, me, did you read about I did, because I read about, yeah. yeah, I read about that, like, on um, Wikipedia. Yeah. Like, um, Miyazaki was um, very much opposed to the Iraq War um, in 2003. And so he, he made this as, like, an anti war movie. Yeah. So and Miyazaki a, is hard, like, he will preach in his in his films. Yeah, I love it, because like, there's a lot of pacifist themes, a lot of environmental mm-hmm. themes. Um, like, he's hardcore about yeah, his, what he stands up for. Which I, I, yeah. I like that a lot, and I, I think he's it's... unapologetic, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that he, he puts that in his heart. Yeah, because, like, he even said, he's like, this film's not gonna go over well in the U.S., but, eh, who cares? <laughs> but it did. I know! <laughs> because I don't think people... People weren't thinking about, you know. I mean, it was a few years later. Yeah, but like I know, but I don't think it was like so because it was the youth that loved that watched overt. It. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. And I don't think, well, you know, even if you support whatever war, I don't think anybody thinks like war is good. You know, I mean, like some people think it's necessary, but um, you know, whatever. Um, I I think it it, it went well in this movie, and I could see how it'd be popular. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting because, like, we know from the book that Howell wasn't from that world. Mm -hmm. Like, he, he's a transplant or whatever. Um, And then in the movie, he, like, we don't know which, we don't know exactly where he's from, like, which side he, of this war, like, he, he was born, um, like, where he was born in that world. But he, in the movie, he's like, you know, it doesn't both sides are wrong. Like, the war needs to stop. Like it, So he doesn't have any affiliation to either side. But if you think about it in the context of the book, that makes sense. I mean, they didn't make him Welsh in the movie, but they made him not have not have a connection to either side of the war. Right, yeah. But, yeah. but if you take the, the fact that in the book he didn't belong to that world, that makes sense. Like... If that, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, so if you combine the two... He has no stake in this. It makes sense yeah. that Howell would simply not want a war to happen. Like, would not be affiliated with either side or, you know, that... Right. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have any family there. Like, because his family lives in Wales. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, there's not one side that he is concerned about more than the other. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Although he didn't seem so much a, a like a conscientious objector as just uh apathetic, <laughs> like avoiding any time. Oh, in, the, in the book. Um also in the movie, or... yeah. Just Well in the movie it starts out uh, like when you first 
Is it when you first? I'm not. A, anyway, I'm not a fan of Hal. <laughs> it, it shows him that he was sabotaging. Like that's where he goes. He goes out to do <clears throat> to sabotage both sides in the in the war. Like, so in the book, he is going out to to like hit on ladies. The ladies. <laughs> what is that? Wait, what's the Hamilton? <laughs> What's oh yeah, the song about the ladies. What is- yeah, and <laughs> that's how we. <laughs> I haven't listened to the Hamilton soundtrack enough to be able to <laughs> reliable but, with the ladies. <laughs> yeah, so like in the book, Hal is always going out doing lady stuff, but or that's what we are told. And but in the movie, he goes out to thwart the war. Okay. And they show that early oh, on. Oh, they do. Like, okay, like, now I remember. Yeah, like, she, yeah. so, yeah, she just meets him straight up in the book, but in the movie she meets the soldiers or whatever, and then he, like, whisks her away from them, and there's, like, uh, yeah, okay, I, I get what you're saying. Well, yeah, yeah there's... Again, yeah, I'm, there's confu- so I'm confusing the two. They're, 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 they're running together for me. <laughs> oh, no, no, like, yeah, yeah the, mo- the movie, because, yeah, in the book, Howl is, like... <laughs> He's just, but we see it from, we see him from Sophie's perspective, like, and so, like, she learns that he's a womanizer and a coward, a slitherer outer, yeah. as she puts it, and so that's, that's <laughs> what our perspective becomes of him, mm-hmm. um, but then we learn, you know, later on that he, well, he is like that, but <laughs> there was a little bit more to, but there's like, a reason what why, he was yeah. doing. Yeah, well, and also that there was a little bit more to, like, what he was doing yeah. while Sophie was around, at least. Gotcha. <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's no excuse for what he was doing before Sophie was around. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, but in the, and then in the movie, yeah, because the war, like, that's a huge change from the book, and that's, and that is a, is a huge plot point, too, in the movie, the whole war thing. Um, but yeah, but it's interesting what they do keep... Um, in the film, like, um, cause there are some, there is a part where he, where Hal says that, you know, he's a coward and he like is always running away and stuff. Um, which is, is what the book is a big thing in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's interesting. It's been interesting to like to read and watch so closely like to yeah because then you can definitely like compare and see um yeah yeah because before i'd read it like a year years before the movie came out so it was like a vague right, memory yeah just the kind of the framework of the story yeah. direct yeah well cool so that's been cool well why don't yeah, we get into food how eating girls hearts right yeah the first food <laughs> girls hearts <laughs> Yeah, which turns out to be like a metaphor, not literal. But <laughs> yeah, Michael. Oh, so in the in the book it's Michael, in the movie it's Markle. Why would they? Why? I don't, why? I don't why? Really know why. Like, I don't know what <laughs> anyway, because Michael, Markle, like it's still two syllables. So like for it's like virtually the same name. I don't know. Yeah, but um, but he's the one that because Hal wanted him to go around all the countryside to, like, blacken his name or whatever, right. or just, like, make him scary and intimidating sounding. Uh-huh. So, in the place where Sophie lived, uh, Market Chipping, M- Michael went there and said, he eats girls' hearts, but he got it because some aunt 
he heard some aunt complaining that her niece had like that Hal had stolen her heart and like, <laughs> you know the me- yeah the metaphor for a broken heart right right <laughs> but people took it literally but she's like oh my god that's horrible yeah. <laughs> and Sophie's like well I'm not pretty so he's not gonna want to take my heart and now I'm old so he's definitely not gonna want to take my heart so <laughs> oh Sophie's so down on herself come on and Sophie. yet and yet and yet he does end up taking her heart. Hmm. Perhaps I'll be more ch- moved by the book. And chows down on it. <laughs> Just kidding. She takes his too. It's okay. It's fine. It's, it's fine. <laughs> so when she takes off um, from her her house, because she doesn't want her aunt to see her. Not her aunt. Her um her stepmother. Step. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she takes bread and cheese to um takes it on the road with her, and she meets um a a. A uh, scarecrow, which she calls turnip head. Yeah, because he has a turnip for a head. <laughs> That's going to factor into what I plan on making, yeah, um, on the weekend. But yeah, uh, he has a turnip for a head, and so she calls him turnip head. Um, and he pops up a few times. And Sophie in the movie does not like turnips. Oh, okay. Your head's a turnip. I've always hated right. turnips. Right. <laughs> so, not a fan of this. And then she trick. says, you may be a turnip, but you're a good turnip. Because he, like, helps her out. And then she's like, oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the movie, and so in the movie, they're, like, buddies, kind of. But in the book, she is, ter- she, like, almost has heart attacks multiple times. Because yeah. of this Well, he won't scarecrow. let her leave the house. Um, Can you imagine? Like, and she hears yeah. the, thump, the, like, the so thumping she ha- sound coming and she's like so oh. she has to make the house run away from it <laughs> so, yeah, yeah like she's yeah, yeah oh i forgot to mention yeah. yeah like before we even left town um you know the the other two daughters have to go out into the world and so letty the next youngest sister goes to work at a bakery name called cesar i was gonna say cesaris 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 yeah <laughs> Cersei's cake. Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. Not, not, not good stuff. <laughs> so sorry. Yeah. Well, and then the uh, one of the first mentions is um, Sophie is invited for a cup of tea <laughs> in both the movie and the book. So that was, but in the movie it was like soldiers like right. hitting on her, and and then Howell appears and like rescues her. Well, he says, they're not bad guys. Right. I will escort you. But then, in the book, it is right. and Yeah. And it's not that a soldier. Make... It's just a dude in a flamboyant outfit. That didn't make <laughs> sense to me why they made that change until you were like, duh, because it has to do with the war. I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so. Yeah, so they... <laughs> Well, because in that whole setting, you know, if it's, there's like a, because it was like a May Day or whatever, it was like a celebration day, and then, you know, there's all these soldiers around town because of the war, but but also because of the celebration, and so, you know, the idea that, like, soldier dudes are gonna hit on the young ladies, so. Yeah. But yeah, but Sophie... Sophie was like, uh, they, they, yeah, they were quite well, forceful. It was interesting because yeah. she was a shut-in kind of in the book. They like sh- it says that she, she like had such an anxiety of going out in, into the town and like interacting with people um, because she had just kept yeah, she basically lived yeah she basically shop. lived in the house shop and worked twenty four seven. So um, 
so she and then she but she's like I have to go visit my sister like I've been putting this off forever I have to go see yeah. her and so she tries to like covertly but then but yeah but then in the book this like incredibly handsome like f- total like flamboyantly dressed guy you know <laughs> says oh it, you know oh little mouse where are you going so quickly or whatever like would you want to have some tea <laughs> she's like oh. no no tea <laughs> Yeah, she like flits yeah. away, and then it turns out. But but he but she assumes he doesn't recognize her because then she has the curse on her right. when she sees him again, and she's like, oh. That's <laughs> but yeah, in the movie, she kind of falls in love with him already because he like rescues her and then floats her down to the to Cesare's. And yeah, they have much like, more of an interaction, I guess, to begin with. And her sister is like, that was Howell! Like, he could have eaten your heart! And she's like, he was really kind to me. And he's not gonna eat my heart, because he only does that to pretty girls. And her sister is like, you are so stupid! <laughs> <laughs> like, you are pretty! But she's like, whatever, I'm not, I'm the oldest. Oh. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, so tea and... Yeah, the, and the shop, so like the chocolate... It was like chocolate confection shop and like they have these cream cakes there. Yeah. So yeah, and they get one later. Um Which is Ma- Michael yeah, picks, picks up one times. from um Yeah, so after yeah, after Sophie's already gone to the castle and kind of become the the you know, cleaning lady there. Um Michael comes home one day with a cake in a pink and white box because he has fallen in love with Martha and Letty's body because <laughs> they like glamored yeah. each other basically um yeah so he's been kind of courting her so he's going to her shop all the time and buying cakes <laughs> um as an excuse yeah. to talk to her and it's it's described as their most luscious cake which is um got cream and cherries and chocolate shavings on top and um yeah. as he kind of interrupted um sophie while she's trying to cook dinner like all she's done is chopped onions um that's basically what they end up having for their dinner that night, and then she's um, along with the onions, which she soaked in vinegar. So onions and vinegar and cake yeah. was their dinner. <laughs> yeah, and I think and Hal brought home like uh, a pie. Hal brought home a loaf and a, yeah, then they had a cold cold pie also. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, because the cake is mentioned, the cream cake especially is mentioned. Yeah, times, that's like their, spe- is, their, their specialty. That, that would be yeah. kind of a cool cool food to make. Yeah, especially because yeah. it's described. Yeah, so. Yeah, and so that brings up another difference is that in the movie, Michael or Markle is like a little kid, mm-hmm. but in the book, he uh, is... A teenager, he's like 15. Yeah, like... Of courting age. <laughs> probably, yeah, because Sophie is like 18 mm-hmm. or 19, and then Letty, I don't know, so if we imagine Letty is maybe 16 or 17... yeah. And then, and then Martha like thirteen would or fourteen, be, yeah. Because, yeah, because they say like, yeah, we're in love. But if, duh, of course we're not going to get married. Right. Like, we're gonna wait <laughs> several years until we really grow up. Some, but but yeah. So there's no romance with Michael. Yeah. So I think it made sense to age because him down, so I don't know why the two sisters don't right. exist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the one sister exists, but. Yeah, and that was another thing, because in the book we learned that, and we learned this, like, at the very beginning when Sophie meets 
Michael, like, first gets into the castle and meets Michael, is that Howl, so, like, well, they're talking about, like, how absent-minded and, like, oblivious Howl is to things, or, like, how self-centered mm-hmm. or whatever, but, but Michael was an orphan who kept getting kicked out of different places, like, nobody would, would take him in or, or help him. And so finally, he's like, well, I'm just going to go to this place where everybody is afraid to go, which is the doorstep of the wizard. I forget which place he was in. Either Wizard Jenkins or Pendragon or... Um, pro- I think it was probably Jenkins. Anyway, because Hal has different names mm-hmm. depending on which town it is. But anyway, so Michael go like stays on that doorstep so people will not be cruel to him and then he ends up being able to go inside which means that calcifer let him in um, oh yeah calcifer is the fire he, demon that lives in this house yeah calcifer yeah. is the fire demon um and and so yeah and then like <laughs> well michael said that like Howell didn't even pay any attention to him for like six months or something but, i mean <laughs> duh like they let him in they let yeah, him yeah, stay yeah. there so, and like, then he took they he took him took on pity. basically he adopted they took like, pity on him but didn't make him feel weird about it yeah so yeah i guess he is he is kind-hearted yeah. so yeah. like michael started to wear just started to like help out around the place which is what sophie did too yeah like, she's just she like i'm gonna hang out here became useful oh that's yeah. enough <laughs> and so <laughs> i just thought that was really tender so it's like yeah, Michael has his own story, mm-hmm. and that was, you know, if you think about it, it's like, yeah, how took him in? Like, he, yeah, nobody he had no, else would take he had no obligation and, to do yeah. so, you know. Um, so it was kind of sweet in the yeah. movie that he, like, he is a little kid, so that also, because that's, like, kind of a uh, sweet yeah, relationship. Yeah. You know, it's how it's, like, glamorous wizard, and then he has, like, he has this little kid that he took in. <laughs> <laughs> and in the movie, he talks about family. Like, he's like, yeah, our little family. Yeah. That's sweet. Which is really sweet. Anyway, you were going oh, to say just something. um, about like you know, so yeah, uh, Michael comes to live there, and then like when Sophie comes to live there, she like um, the whole her whole plan is to just clean and so she could stay there or whatever. Um, so first of all, that felt very Snow White, which was nice, you know, like she just like comes upon this <laughs> yeah. house and like oh maybe if I clean and whatever they'll let me stay. Um, but also, like, it was just very calming to me, you know, because, like, um, there's a cleaning montage in the movie, and then it described, there's, like, a whole chapter about it where she, she cleans in the book, and it was just very calming, like, I would love to go into these, like, I, I don't know, like, I always get the, the urge to, like, if I go into somebody's messy house, I just want to (laughs) clean it, so, like, and they kept the spiders, Right, yeah. in the book, they talk about a lot of spiders, well, and how likes the example of the spiders that how industrious they are mm-hmm. and but he's like and in they the kill book, the flies in the movie they show a lot of spiders yeah, too yeah yeah um so she yeah she cleans up everything which was yeah just nice and calming yeah i liked it mm-hmm. um yeah so her first night in the castle um uh what's his face calcifer appears to her and the next morning she ends up cooking breakfast on him cuz he's a flame Oh my gosh, we have to, okay, so that's, oh, and, well, at first she sees, like, like, green and blue flickering flames, and she's like, there must be salt in this Right, yeah, because it's making weird colors, Um, but then she starts to see a face in it. (laughs) Yeah, and then, so the cooking scene, yeah, it's in the book and in the movie, so they, like, kept it, and they kept it very closely, Mm -hmm. 
which is really cool. But I, but I like, so like they describe, cause Hal enters at one point when she, like during the, her cooking breakfast and they describe it and then, but then it's really cool. Like they describe his actions and then it's cool to see how they portrayed that in the film because now, because when I read it the second time, that's how I picture it is how it happened in the film. Sophie discovered she was a very hale old woman indeed. After only bread and cheese at lunchtime. There, yeah, there's a lot of bread and cheese in this book and movie. Uh, lunchtime yesterday, she was ravenous. Yes, she said. And when Michael went to the closet, because he asked if she, about breakfast. Michael went to the closet in the wall. She sprang up and peered over his shoulder to see what there was to eat. I'm afraid there's only bread and cheese, Michael said rather stiffly. But there's a whole basket of eggs in there, Sophie said. And isn't that bacon? What about a hot drink as well? Where's your kettle? There isn't one, Michael said. How's the only one who can cook? I can cook, said Sophie. Unhook that frying pan and I'll show you. She reached for the large black pan hanging on the closet wall in spite of Michael trying to prevent her. You don't understand, Michael said. It's Calcifer, the fire demon. He won't bend down his head to be cooked on for anyone but Howell. Sophie turned and looked at the fire demon. He's, he flickered back at her wickedly. I refuse to be exploited, he said. Anyway, and then... Um, <laughs> And then she like threatens. Yeah, with her set. <laughs> She's like, her I'll, I'll put water on you. But then they made a deal that they would help each other figure yeah. out the curse, like break the curses or the contract. And so she kind of whispered that to him. Um, she wrenched the pan from Michael's resisting fingers, plonked the bacon into it, popped a handy wooden spoon into the egg basket, and marched with the lot to the fireplace. Now, Calcifer, she said, we have no more nonsense. Bend down your head. And. Oh, curses, Casper spat. Why did you let her in here, Michael? Okay, and then she says, thank you. So, and slapped the heavy pan onto the green ring to make sure Casper did not suddenly rise up. I hope your bacon burns, Casper <laughs> said, muffled under the pan. Which, it is in the in the film, too. And he says about your burning yeah. your bacon. Sophie slapped slices of bacon into the pan. It was good and hot. The bacon sizzled. She had to wrap her skirt around. Blah, blah, blah. The door opened, but she did not notice because of the sizzling. Don't be silly, she told Calcifer, and hold still because I want to break in the eggs. Oh, hello, Hal, Michael said helplessly. Oh, wait, how do I say that helplessly? Oh, hello, Hal. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie turned around at that rather hurriedly. She stared. The tall young fellow in a flamboyant blue and silver suit who had just come in stopped in the act of leaning a guitar against the corner. Or in the corner, he brushed the fair hair from his rather curious glass green eyes and stared back. His long, angular face was perplexed. Anyway, who on earth are, earth are you? Where have I seen you before? I'm a total stranger. I like that. I'm a total stranger. You've never seen me in your life. <laughs> yeah. Um, because then she was recognizing that right. that's the dude from, from Mayday. Um, she says her name's Sophie. She came last night. How did she make Casper bend down? She bullied me, Casper says. Not many people can do that, Hal said thoughtfully. He propped his guitar in the corner and came up. Well, I guess he propped it twice in the corner, and came over to the hearth. The smell of hyacinths mixed with the smell of bacon, and he shoved Sophie firmly aside. Casper doesn't like anyone but me to cook on him, he said, kneeling down and wrapping one trailing sleeve around his hand to hold the pan. Pass me two more slices of bacon and six eggs, please, and tell me why you've come here. So, that's like almost exactly. 
And then they're talking, and then Hal was, like, cracking the eggs one-handed and tossing the shells in the logs where Casper's eating right. them. Um, and that's, like, so when he, like, comes in and he, like, pushes her aside, but in the movie, it's, like, it's kind of a smooth motion. He, like, comes in and he just, he, like, takes, he puts his hand over hers and takes the pan yeah, out like, of her hand. Yeah, like, step aside, I'll handle of, like, this. Yeah. And kind of, like, bumps her aside, but it's all very, like, smoothly Mm -hmm. in the film. And so I really like how it's done in the film. Because in the book, it's like, you know, you could see him, he's kind of maybe being, like, rude about it. But, but yeah, so it's curious, in the, in the film they made him more, what's the word, like, ethereal, I guess? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, but then, but like, so that's, and then exactly in the movie, he says, like, pass me two more slices of bacon and six eggs, and then, like, he breaks them one-handed, and the yeah, so I thought that was really cool, that whole scene, yeah, and then it turns out, like, they don't have any clean dishes, they hardly have any clean dishes, so <laughs> it's like, they drink, and it looked like they're drinking, the bowl that Sophie had was, like, a ponyo bowl. <laughs> the same oh, bowl I didn't notice, that <laughs> that's cool. Oh, I mean, I'd have to go back and look, but I'm like, that looks, that reminds me of the Pony Ball. It had, like, the blue oh, okay. stripes up the, up the sides. Anyway, but yeah, so they, it's, like, That'd be so funny. Cool. I know, like, Disney does that, that like, yeah. drop little, like, things from other movies into their movies, so mm-hmm. maybe... Yeah, Ghibli yeah, does that those, So maybe there's, yeah. some, there's some connections. Um, yeah. let's see... She stocks their food closet after she kind of takes over as housekeeper with um, cakes and jam and the occasional lettuce. Those, yeah, and those are given to them by the townsfolks because they heard that there's a a witch working with the wizard yeah. now, and so they wanted to get a peek at her, <laughs> but they couldn't come empty-handed. Just come so drop like, all what? food for her. Bring some right, because at that point she hadn't <laughs> left the house yet, so she's just taking care of it, but, you know, she's also collecting. Yeah. Yeah, and it was interesting in the in the movie too that breakfast scene that, um, in the movie they give the dialogue like brethren, let us partake of our daily bread, and like they talk about daily bread and like Howell, sir, you know, cuts the bread and hands them each a slice. So it's kind of like he's you know that he is the the head of the yeah. household of their of their weird little family. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so like in the in the movie, they establish it even more in the beginning that he is like accepting these. Like it's he's fine, with <laughs> and in the in the book, it's more like Hal is just always off doing his own thing, but but he is accepting them as well. Like by simply the fact that he's letting by them not like stay, booting them, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he and he just kind of it's like okay, you're here. I'll act like you've always been here. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, and yeah, and then in the, in the movie, they have, um, Sophie and Michael, when they stop to do the laundry, <laughs> they like have a, a little picnic by the lake and they have like tomato slices on bread and tea. Nice picnic. Yeah, and she, like, just has, she, and then at one point she is just sitting by, looking out over the water, and she's like, I have never felt so much peace before. But that's another thing about, like, the old age, like, how she is, it becomes her, Mm -hmm. I guess, like, that she, that's the first time that she has just felt that peace in her life. Yeah. Um, And then, 
Oh, and then Sophie goes out to buy, she goes out to buy some food, and then Margle is like, I hate potatoes. <laughs> I hate, I hate fish. And Sophie's like, whatever, I just pay the money. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Um, and the hot milk. Oh, Hot right. milk is in the movie and in the book. Um, so in the mo- do you remember the scene in the movie? Um, no, I've got it highlight- hi- highlighted. Oh, from in the, the book. book. Yeah. Um. Yeah, which... She made um, Calcifer move over so she could balance a pan of milk on the logs. Yeah. yeah so. That's at, like, page 93. Yeah, so in the movie, it's... Like, how comes in all, like, perturbed or whatever, so she makes him some milk to calm him down? Well, it's when... It's the... It's when his, um... He falls in love with, um... Letty, right? In the book? Well, I'm thinking of in so in the movie, it's when he's laying in his bed. I think it's after they. Oh, never mind. It's after. It's oh, not after the green. Yeah, slide yeah, yeah. Okay. In the movie. <laughs> You're right. Sorry, I was confused. It... Yeah, it's after she like cleaned up in the bathroom and like messed up all his hair dye. <laughs> and so like. Yeah, which that was definitely also in the, the right. The yeah, movie, so so really he gets job. super upset about it and then like completely slimes himself for no reason so she has to clean him up and yeah just like calm yeah. down appearances aren't everything yeah and, she's like he's throwing a tantrum and that was yeah yeah and that was the first time in the movie that you really see emotion from him because before that yeah he was just kind of like this... but that's part of the reason maybe not like yeah. him. he's like a child <laughs> so yeah well and then well i well, yeah, so you, because you finished watching the movie, so, because at the end of the movie, it's, Calcifer's like, be careful, it's a child's yeah. heart. Yeah. Because that's when Howell gave his heart. Which sounds away. sweet, but is actually annoying. It's a full-grown man, grow up. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, but, but Sophie's the one that can handle uh, it. whatever. <laughs> but, but yeah, so in the, um... Yeah, I want to finish the book and just see how... Because, like, I know they fall in love in the book, too. So I kind of want to see how that progresses and if it's more, like, organic and believable than the movie. Yeah. So. (laughs) Not a fan. (laughs) But, so I do like... I do like how they... So it's different situations. You're right. So, like, in the movie, the milk happened, I think, after the green slime. But then in the book, it happened... Um, like no, no, no. I, I was thinking that, but no, I think you're right. It was right after the green slime. <laughs> so, it, yeah, it's the same, it's the same thing. sat looking tragic and shivering. I can't get him to speak. Wait, what? She turned the doorknob green side in and swept all the slime out. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So it was just after, after the slime. slime incident. Um... Yeah, and she made. Yeah, and she's like she thrust a mugful of the of the warm milk into Hal's hands. Drink it, she said. Now, what was all this fuss about? Is it this young lady you keep going to see? Hal sipped the milk dolefully. Yes, he said. I left her alone. And then she, had, oh, I left her alone to see if that yeah. would make her lonely, but it hasn't. We're talking about right, Maddie. yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, which is really. So in the book, so the whole hair thing, <laughs> I love this. <laughs> Look at this, he shouted. Look at it. What has that one woman force of chaos done to these spells? 
Sophie and Michael whirled around and looked at Hal. His hair was wet, but apart from that, neither of them could see that it looked any different. If you mean me, Sophie began, I do mean you. Look, Hal shrieked. He sat down with a thump on the three-legged stool and jabbed at his wet head with his finger. Look, survey, inspect. My hair is ruined. I look like a pan of bacon and eggs. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed the usual flaxen color right to the roots. The only difference might have been a slight, very slight trace of red, which which Sophie found agreeable, but later on she, she's you like... You want to actually yeah, drive it's a little pink. Tune. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little, little too pink, strawberry blonde. Yeah. But then he likes it, like, after he gets the new suit that yeah. Sophie fixed up. But, um... Uh... Yeah, so bacon and eggs, hair... Oh, I was gonna say... Now I can't remember. Something came to mind. Oh, naked! Buns! That was, <laughs> so now when I read this, I just think of that he just has a little towel on and he's <laughs> showing his little buns. Because in the movie, it's all, it's all buns time at that point. Because <laughs> he sits in the chair and has a, and he sees his little butt crack. And then when she's like helping him get upstairs, it's really cute because she looks... She like looks behind them and she sees the towel like in the in the in the the green slime like on the stairs. She sees the towel has come off and she's like, oh. <laughs> she like look make sure she keeps her head. Yeah, her she's like up. a but, like you see his little she's buns like a scandalized being dragged lady. upstairs. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's cute. So now, but in the book they don't say. They just say he like comes out of the like he's probably fully clothed. Yeah, or whatever. but but yeah, but now, but I I. I can only picture it now as the movie <laughs> because that's more entertaining. <laughs> Little buns. Yeah. The only other thing I had is um, a, a character that's not in the movie that I quite enjoyed in the book, which is um, Mrs. Fairfax, who is the yeah. the witch that the youngest sister Martha um, is is sent to. And she, you know, she flip-flops with Letty, and the way they do that is they use, like, <laughs> Martha was there for two weeks, learned, like, her first spell, and they and used it to, to switch places with her sister. So they can't tell at the, um, at the bakery they're, they're fooled by this spell, but of course, like, the one who taught, taught her the spell is not going to be fooled by it, so she just lets Letty live there anyway, but she's like, but there's not going to be this weird pretense. You're going to be yourself, <laughs> not your sister. Mm-hmm. And they make the spell using... Honey, which is Miss Fairfax's honey. specialty. Um, yeah, so, so she offers scones and honey when um, when Sophie goes to visit her, and she does all her spells with honey, so that's just, yeah, kind of her thing. Yeah, yeah, and that's men- yeah, mentioned a couple times later on, too. Um, and, um, and then after that part in the book, um, seaweed is mentioned. Michael mentions that he says, we ate seaweed. Hal says it's good for you. <laughs> because cause Hal will, like, spend their money on, like, making himself look good and stuff. And so sometimes they don't have a lot of money for food. And so <laughs> there was a, I guess there was a period of time where they ate a lot of seaweed. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> your your beauty like, budget's eating into our food budget, Hal. Yeah. Priorities. And then there was a cute scene um, where nobody was home. Except Sophie, and then a customer came by, like, knocked on the door, and it was this young man who was terrified because he was going to be in a Mm -hmm. duel. 
um, and it was over a lady that he liked. Um, and so he he came to get some kind of potion or something to help him win. And um, but Sophie, I mean, of course there so there isn't anything like that though, and uh, and Sophie was just there by herself. Um, so she looked at the spice the spice cabinet and pulled out some cayenne pepper (laughs) (laughs) and and then she put that in a little package and said said something like this like just throw this in the air right before and then then and then afterward like you'll have to do your best but like this will give you a fair chance this will get like give you a fair chance and then but you have to make sure you do you know so it's kind of like well nice (laughs) but but and but that brings up another. Um, so in the movie, Sophie has no magic. I mean, they kind of hint at it a little bit at the end, but it's more drawing from the book at the very mm-hmm. end. But they don't really allude to it throughout the movie. Um, but in the book, she definitely has magical powers. And like, if you like, it, it's gradually revealed. Um, and then you can like think back about different things that happen in the earlier in the book, and you can understand them more. Um, but she has the power to talk magic into things. Um, like so, so that's why Calcifer made the deal with her because she's the only one that could have broken their contract and have them both live. Oh, okay. Um, mm. But in the movie, it's more like, suddenly it's the power of love, yeah. you know? So that was, because <laughs> they didn't really... Explain, like, why. Make it, yeah, make it that it was... Actually, it's because Sophie has, you know, has these latent magical things. <laughs> um, but, I, I mean, I appreciate that they made her the the non-magical person in amongst these magical Yeah, people, not everybody has kind to be. of a cool idea. <laughs> Yeah, and she's the heroine, and she, like, you know, navigates her way well, you know, in the midst of all these magical mm-hmm. things. So that's cool. But then but then it did kind of make the ending of the movie, like, like how was she suddenly able right. to, do, <laughs> to do this? Like, but if you read the book, then, you know, yeah. it, you know. But even in does, the book, but... like, even if she has powers, because, yeah, I read that in the Wikipedia article, but, like, I, I hadn't seen that, I guess, in the book, unless, like you said, I'm thinking back on, like, uh, really subtle stuff. Um, but uh, I, I liked how there were people with different levels of powers, you know? It wasn't just, like, here's some magical mm-hmm. people and here's some not, you know? Because, like, there is, like, Miss Fairfax the witch, but it seems like her, her magic's probably pretty, you know like, low-level, like, she can do some cool stuff, but she's not, like, as powerful as, like, Hal or the Witch of the Waste, you know? And so there's, yeah. Yeah, because um, she says that her mentor, or who was also Hal's mentor, was, like, she said that if her mentor was still taking students, that she would tell Letty to go there instead of yeah her because she was more powerful. And then that and that was Miss Penstemon or whatever. But And Penstemon said, because she taught Suleiman, and he was really good, but she said that Howell, who she taught after him, was like way, yeah, good. very so gifted like, magician, yeah, wizard. Even though they're both from Wales, like they're both, but yeah, but Howell was, and Howell was her last student. Um, yeah, and then the Witch of the Waste, she was scary business in the book. <laughs> like there was 
chopping up of bodies. Whoa! Book. I don't think I, I read know, that right? part. Like, wait, what? <laughs> I know that make that sounds like it's not in. Like, how can that be in this story? Yeah, no, it's not that kind of story. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's it's okay. Okay. <laughs> It turns out okay. But yeah, it is a little bit gruesome, but it's still handled in like a whimsical, or like a, I don't know, what. Yeah, when you read it, you'll be like, okay. (laughs) But, yeah. Yeah, so so that's kind of cool about the book, is just the subtle, the subtlety Mm -hmm. of Sophie discovering all about herself. (laughs) (laughs) Magic and love and identity and that kind of thing oh there's bacon buddies in this but they're not called bacon buddies but bacon sandwich Hal likes his with six slices of bacon on the sandwich (laughs) that was like for a carry on yeah I remember bacon buddies yeah um and then at one point Howell comes in and he just totally needs a drink so he like drinks a glass of brandy like water and then he has another glass of brandy that he like sprinkles over calcifer to help <laughs> <laughs> revive calcifer and then he and then he has a third cup of it and then he like just nurses that or whatever. Yeah, I like they, how they have um, to feed calcifer whenever he's getting low. He even asks them sometimes. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Please, throw me a log. I'm hungry." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like the garbage disposal. Yeah, too. they're like, like the eggshells. The, the yeah, shells. exactly. Yeah. Like it, but then he'll also eat the, you know, regular food right. and stuff. But, but yeah, and then the logs. Um, and then at one point, so Sophie, at one point they open up a flower shop. And then Sophie starts, like, experimenting with flowers and roots Ooh, and things like I that. Like it. And so an onion became a small palm tree <laughs> that, like, that grew, like, little tiny onions, I think. Cool. <laughs> Something like that. That's a neat yeah. hybrid. Yeah, and then at the end of the book, all the ki- this and this is very Dinah Wynne Jones. Like all the characters come together in this like, like if you imagine kind of like a, a some kind of like fun family reunion or like a, I don't know, all these different characters, all these different personalities, so they all come together and it's like, oh yeah, and they're and they're all just like having a good time. Anyway, so cold chicken and wine and honey puddings are had. Honey puddings. Wow. That sounds yeah. great. So, so like, yeah, so like the sisters and the stepmom and then the, yeah, some other people and Miss Fairfax and they're all, yeah, they all start having a little indoor picnic, I guess. Nice. <laughs> At the end of the book. Aw, a young man's heart is so delicious and so adorable. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the, in the movie, the witch, the witch yeah, the I says that. And she gets fed some porridge. Oh, I remember that, yeah, because she, she, um, yeah. yeah, was stripped of her youth, too, because, like, she, apparently she had been keeping herself young with magic. Yeah, so, like, and that's totally different from the book, which is, like, it's interesting, but it's very Miyazaki. Like, it's very, like, if you think about Spirited Away and, like, um, Yubaba, um... Yeah, she was very Yubaba to me. Like, she was this, like, big hulking, mm -hmm. like, but she could also float. It was, yeah, it was kind of weird. But it's like, she's the villain, but actually she wasn't. Like, she turned... Yeah, and so... 
Like she yeah, she was, was that like, way because she was like was or she felt she was wronged and so she became bitter and you know but then once she was stripped yeah. of all that she was just kind of like ah she didn't, once she didn't care about it anymore she was just like a harmless old woman. Yeah, so. and then in the book she she also she was in Howell's um, position. So really, I like I love in the book and they okay. So in the movie. They show Howell's memory, or like, but actually, it's like Sophie went into the past because she says, "Wait for me in the future." I was like, "Well, okay, that's kind of that was interesting that they added it like that." Um, But yeah, the ending to the movie is is there's some interesting choices made there. (laughs) But anyway, so she so we see that like little kid Howell catches a star and then takes it into himself. That's the contract, and so that. That's the the mystery is that Howell is heartless. Like he doesn't have a heart. It's Calcifer Cal- has his heart. Um, but in the book, see now I'm spoiling. I'm, I'm gonna spoil it for you. Should That's I, fine. Should spoil I spoil it? I read the Wikipedia it? article already. I'd rather have you explain oh, it to me. <laughs> so, but it's it's beautiful in the book. So when you see that in the film, but but then you've read the book, like it, it's it makes it more beautiful because you have that mm-hmm. visual. Like the the beautiful gibberish. <laughs> um, so like, Howell caught a star. So okay, falling stars, and then they die. Like their their fate is to just die. And so Calcifer was a falling star, but he didn't want to die. Aww. He wanted to live. And so Howell found him, and and wanted to help him so much. Like he, I don't know, like say you took he took pity on him, but like he just. Here's this little, this little sparkly being who is pleading, you know, not to die. And then Howell, so Howell gives him his heart so that he can stay alive. Isn't that? Oh, that's very so sweet. It's like, I know. So like Howell is, I mean, so he's perceived as like this womanizer, like oblivious to other people yeah, and stuff. Yeah, exactly. But like that's just the perception he's, he's trying actually, to create. Yeah. And he's very yeah. like self- selfless and caring. Oh, okay, I, I like yeah, him a little so bit like more he now. Gave his heart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, can you imagine? He gave his freaking heart. To, I mean, how vulnerable does that make him too? But like, his his heart physically was not. Maybe in his that's body why anymore. he's such a jerk. like. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's another thing. Well, okay, so there's I I've also read Castle in the Air and House of Many Ways, which are companion mm-hmm. books. Um, and so Howell and Sophie appear, like, at the end, or just, like, mm-hmm. vaguely in... Or not necessarily vaguely, but, like, they're not the yeah. main characters. And I can't... But I read those years ago also, so it's like, I can't remember exactly. But so, but I think Howell... But you can just imagine, um, like, you can assume that once he gets his heart back, yeah, maybe he is more... Of an involved person, yeah. <laughs> like a more maybe he has more of humanity, yeah, yeah, um, but yeah. But now, but now I kind of want to reread the other books because I, you know, it's kind of hard to remember. yeah, kind of refresh your memory. Um, but but Dinah Jones also has another series called the Chronic- Chronicles of Crestomancy. Mm-hmm. Has a very similar character to because Crestomancy is this magician. Um, he's like, oh gosh, again, years ago, so I can't really remember much, but he was also like this flamboyant, like fashion 
magic Okay, so user, simil- similar like. character or in the same vein. <laughs> so I think she had a type. Yeah. She probably had a type, maybe. <laughs> but those are also really great okay. series. Or really, really great books. So, like, for anybody who likes Hell's Moving Castle, like, read the other books, the companion books, but also um, the Crestomancy series is fabulous. It's like six books, I think. Um, but yeah. So, uh, Josh Hutcherson? Wait, is that his name? Josh? Peter? What's his name? Josh? Um, I think that. Hello. Josh Hush. Josh Hutcherson. Anyway, he was Michael in the English dub of House oh, Moving okay. Castle. And just, you know, like behind the microphone featurette or whatever, he's like, um, because at one, the scene where Sophie and Hal make breakfast, and then Michael's like, oh my gosh, we haven't had a real breakfast in forever, and he's like slurping down his eggs and bacon, and Josh Hutcherson is like, yeah, to do that, I like was chomping on a muffin <laughs> and like slurping from a water bottle, so he like had a fight. He was so tiny! This was like in what, 2000? Aww. Five or two thousand or whatever, whenever they adapted, yeah. and so he's like this little kid, and he's like, yeah, I was eating a muffin and <laughs> drinking some to in order to like do this sound effect. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, dude, you're gonna be the boy with the bread. Did you? <laughs> Did you know? Yeah. So yeah, Sophie is um, Emily Mortimer in the dub. Mm-hmm. Who I like. So. I watched it subtitled this time around because okay. I wanted to see the di- differences, and also sometimes I feel like subtitles might be more accurate to what the Japanese mm-hmm. is, but you never know. Yeah, Billy Crystal's voice for Calcifer is <laughs> it's pretty funny. That was hard. Pretty that funny. was hard yeah. not. That was hard to do without in the sub, but I actually like. The voices, like Christian Bale's voice, is a little bit. It's okay, but I kind of, cause I kind of wanted to hear the Japanese voice for Hell, and I, I liked it. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't seen the, um, the. I mean, Christian Bale's voice. Oh, it was fine. I mean, I, sometimes the, the. Dubbing kind of took me out of it a little bit, you know, for for all characters. Yeah. Like, like some movies, it feels like they're matched up pretty well. This one was kind of like, a, I mean, they were fine, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see what you're saying. Like, because I know that's something that people really like about how well, because they've only ever seen the mm-hmm. dub, and so and it's like, oh, Christian. Yeah, it's nice whatever, to see like, like you know people you recognize and you know. A movie, but like, oh, his voice. But then he's also Batman. And then when he's like, <laughs> it's like, no, no, like, yeah, you're a bird monster. Like, oh, oh Batman, the bird monster. That was weird. I like. I don't. Yeah, he does. That's not a thing. Well, in the book, it's like he, he the contract with the star or like the fire demon. Um. It's like that will consume you and, you know, you'll lose your humanity and that's what happened to the Witch of the Waste. Mm. But, like, in the movie they actually say, like, but in the movie it's because of the war that wizards are letting themselves be used for the war effort and are turning into actual monsters. 
and that howl is is in danger of forever becoming a monster like those wizards but he is but he becomes a monster in order to thwart the war yeah and but anyway so like so it's kind of different <clears throat> i mean it's different in that sense but the whole like losing your humanity i guess is a an issue but less i don't know it feels less so in the in the book but but yeah the imagery of like how becoming like the bird the blackbird monster is pretty strong in the movie. <laughs> um well if there there's no more food then you want to get into what we either made or are planning to make let's talk about yours cuz you touched on it mm-hmm. okay well, I had an idea. So this this came kind of came about because you know last time we did Miss Peregrine, which also takes place in well this doesn't take place in Wales, but it has a Welsh connection. So I made mm. Welsh rarebit for Miss Peregrine, and I was like, that's like the only Welsh food I know. I wonder what else <laughs> there is. And then we end up doing another thing that touched on it. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna find out another Welsh food to do for this. Um, so my plan is, um, it, it takes a while because it's, it's, um, it's going to have to simmer for a while, so I figured I'd wait to do it on the weekend. Um, but I'm going to make Welsh call, which is basically just like a um, lamb and vegetable stew. Um, and you can serve it like um, like French hot pot. You know, you can do like the first course. First course is just the broth, and then you like strain the vegetables and meat and serve that as like a second course. Um, but I wanted to tie it in with, um, our friend Turnip Head, um, and do, like, turnips in it, but keep the turnips kind of whole. And, you know, we, we just had Halloween, and I know it's, like, a tradition over there to, like, they don't have pumpkins, naturally. I mean, they probably do now, but, like, um, that's a New World thing. So they used to carve, um, turnips, or still carve turnips for Halloween. So I'm gonna try to carve some little turnip heads. (laughs) And simmer them in my Welsh call. So, so that's the plan. (laughs) I don't know how it's going to turn. Have you ever carved apples, like the witch witch heads? But they're no, I've seen those. I haven't carved anything anything but pumpkins. So I have no idea how easy or hard it is. So I'm a little, you know, whatever. I can make like a crude little face in a, you know, it's not that detailed or whatever in a turnip. So we'll see how that turns out, but that's that's the idea, and I, you know, I guess they'll have to oh, simmer them till they're soft, but not so much that they lose their shape. So, yeah, yeah. So that's the plan. Cool. <laughs> what about you? Uh, so, <laughs> what stood out to me hardcore, like food-wise, for the uh, movie, but especially in the book, it mentioned many, many times: bread, cheese, yes. eggs, bacon. Yay! So I'm like, what can I do with bread, cheese, eggs, and bacon? Sandwich. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, a bre- well, yeah, a sandwich. But a, a breakfast, I don't know what you would call it. Like, a, like, uh, like first I was like, oh, a Dutch oven thing, you yeah. know. Yeah. Like, because I, like, something, like, some people would use, like, the shredded potatoes or whatever and mix up all that stuff. So that's... But it's a skillet thing. So I actually went out and bought a skillet. It's my very oh, first, awesome. like, um, I- iron, yeah, what is yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> like super heavy, yeah. Yeah, old awesome. school. Awesome. I don't have one. I want um, one. Cool. Yeah, so, like, I didn't previously, so that I bought it just for this. <laughs> but, yeah, I have also been wanting it because I'm like, yeah, you can use it on the stove and in the yes. oven. <laughs> so, um, 
So yeah, so you fry up some bacon and then remove it so you have your grease in there and then you um, like cook, like brown up some, you can brown up some onions if you want, um, but I mean it, if you, well onions are mentioned in the book, <laughs> like the That's vinegar right. onions yeah. are I guess. But um, anyway, and then you can, you break apart some bread and then brown that in the pan as well and then you add in your um, eggs and like be beat up some eggs and cheese like shredded cheese put that in and then add in like some cut up, cut up the bacon add that in and then bake it all until it's set um, but also I got some what are they it's it's like it looks like bacon but but it's like Biscuit slices, slices they call it like biscuit slices. So it's like basically like bacon, but they're larger pieces that are like they lo it looks like sandwich meat kind of. Mm -hmm. Um. Anyway, so that but this is just for decoration. So to make a calcifer image, because when we were brainstorming, yeah! like I kept thinking of this like a, a picture of calcifer, but made out of uh -huh. food. <laughs> And so for this, it's like you decorate it, like you just um, use bacon or, yeah, basically you use bacon, cut it up so it looks like a little, a little cute flame, and then use um, egg white, just a little bit of like okay cooked, for the eyes, um, yeah. th thin egg white, yeah, and then put like a little. Oh, I love it! Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the book, in the book, Calcifer yeah, described he's blue is described and green. as blue. Yeah. Yeah, and he has like little um, orange eyes and stuff. I like but, how he looks yeah. in the movie. Yeah, but yeah, he's like super cute. <laughs> yeah, my husband actually—I think it was for a birth, my birthday a couple years ago. Um, he got me this little—it's calcifer from the film um, in a little hearth. So it's a—it's a figure. Oh. Um, but you can change. There are a couple different calcifers that you can put in there. Um, switch out and then you, there's a little switch that you can turn the light on so it looks like calcifer is lit up that's oh really that is cute. cute I like it anyway so yeah so I keep that at my computer desk so I'm like looking at it right now <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so calcifer in the film is uber cute uh this reminds me which I meant to mention it um at the beginning but, okay, so Studio Ghibli, Spirited Away, which we've mentioned several times this episode, is, will be celebrating its 15th anniversary. Oh my gosh, has it been up. that long? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And December f 4th and 5th, I think, um, there's a Fathom Events showing. So one day is the dubbed version and one day is a subtitled version. Um, so you can go to like Fandango or Fathom Events or whatever, and you can get tickets um, to see Spirited Away in a movie theater. Oh. I mean, so it's, you know, limited release. I mean, various theaters uh, across the country. Um, but you have to, you know, check to see if I'll have to check. I would love to you. take my kids to that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, whatever that Sunday is, is the dubbed like Sunday afternoon or something. Oh, okay, and cool. Then they're not gonna sit through Monday subtitles. <laughs> yeah, Monday night is subtitled. Um, I'm kind of, I kind of want to go to the subtitled one. Oh yeah. Just, I, I mean, don't think I've ever seen it 
Maybe I have subtitles. Oh no, I'm sure. I, I'm well, sure. Like I I'm sure it, I originally but... saw it subtitled. Never mind, because I saw it like um, in a college town for adults. So <laughs> they probably it was probably. Uh, well, because it, it did have a theatrical I don't release, know. but I don't it was remember. but it was dubbed. But um, I don't but yeah. So and also they're gonna have a short film that has not been released in America yet. Um, it's the Ghibli's, which is it's like Ghibli's too. So it's just a little short film that they'll show before. Oh, before the movie, um, but it's like a, it's a different style. It's more like, um, like a drawing, like sketch, sketch kind of mm -hmm. style. Um, and it's like about the office people <laughs> that studio. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, it's just like a cute little, little cool. thing. I mean, I, I've seen one of the other Ghibli's, um, that they shared, but anyway, so that's just the FYI. It's coming up at the beginning of December, um, so really cool opportunity just to see on the big screen. Um, cause like I was able to see Howl in the movie theater and did I see Spirited Away in the movie theater? Maybe. Oh, maybe. But anyway, this is coming back. 15th anniversary. And there's a lot of food in that. Yeah, there was. <laughs> um, there was something else. Oh, oh my gosh. This is the really important thing that I almost forgot. The saucepan song. The Dude, saucepan? So in the book. Oh my gosh. This is so cute. So in the book, it's mentioned several times that Calcifer is singing this a little weird little song about saucepans. And Sophie is like, I don't know what, like, it's mentioned like three, at least three times, I think. And it's kind of cute if you think about it, like it's just this random, yeah. like this little fire demon is just singing like, like while Sophie's drifting off to sleep or something, like singing <laughs> a song about saucepans. And it's like, wait, is he like, is it a spell? Like, what is he doing? So, oh my gosh, it's real. Is it? So, suspen fach? I don't know if I don't know how to speak Welsh, so I don't. <laughs> but it's S O S B A N F A C H. Saucepan fach, which means little saucepan in Welsh, and it's a traditional Welsh Welsh folk song, and it's like the most common song oh, okay. sung, sung so in the Welsh language. So any Welsh person would know what this song is. Yeah, and so so it's just a little yeah. It says, isn't that kind of cool? But also, we learn in the book that Howell played Welsh rugby. Oh, okay. And and so at rugby games in Wales. Like they use that song, like the tune of that song. Oh, okay. Like they kind of. So sometimes you can hear that song, or you know, with different lyrics, um, at rugby nice. games. I like it. And I so, like that song. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's super cute. And so once you know that, it's like, oh, that was alluding to Howl's being from like a Welsh connection, right? Like Howl being from Wales, like way at the yeah. beginning when. You know, so if somebody knew that there was a saucepan song from Wales, they'd be like, wait, why is Calcifer singing that song from Wales? You learned it from hell. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's it. it. <laughs> yeah, read, so Howl's Moving Castle, read it, watch the movie, and then read Castle in the Air and House of Many Ways. That, go along, that goes along with it. Yeah. yeah, and you can um, check out recipes as well as uh, anything we talked about on our website at fictionkitchenpodcast.com. 
Yeah, and you can find us on Twitter at FKPod and Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook at Fiction Kitchen Podcast. Stay tuned next time for Moana and the Christmas, the Christmas Carol. Oh, it's Christmas time! Yay! I know! <laughs> and, and again, don't let any fire demons burn your bacon. <laughs> you gotta keep your eye on that. That's right. Okay. <laughs> we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Beer, which I haven't met yet. Uh, made met nice. yet. Haven't met yet. Haven't met this recipe. <laughs> haven't made. Man, it's getting recipe. late. It's getting late. Sorry. No. <laughs> That's totally well, hello. <laughs> no, I like that idea. What if, like, I'm just thinking of like magic now. Like, what if a recipe is something that you meet? Like, you yeah. happen upon it and you. It's a metaphor. Have, have some kind of relationship, like. Yeah. Okay, anyway. Okay.